This is Church on the Rock, where Jesus is our message and people are our heart. Tune in to hear a teaching that we pray inspires and encourages your life with Christ. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 30. We're in a series called A Colorful Collection, where we're going back and looking at stories either in the Old Testament or stories in the New Testament, and we're taking a hard look at it and trying to see Jesus and trying to see that gospel message inside of, of, of it. But um, actually, even what's on my mind to turn the page and do something different, it is a story. So you might say that we're going to continue with a colorful collection today. And uh, Father, right now, I just yield myself to you. I yield my mouth to you. I yield my spirit to you. Jesus, you are Lord of my spirit, my soul, and my body. Lord, I thank you that the sheep hear the voice of the shepherd, and no other voice do they hear. And Father, we pray that you would open up the hearts of the people to receive your word today. And we thank you that your word is life, and your word is strength, and your word is change, and your word is hope. And Lord, I thank you today that we're not doing a religious activity, but people are being transformed into the very image of Christ today and being filled with the Holy Spirit, and we're leaving transformed by you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you have your Bibles today, look at 1 Samuel chapter, chapter 30. I'll be reading out of the King James Version. 1 Samuel chapter 30. And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziglag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south. Now, anytime you see in the scriptures, anytime you see the word Amalekites, you can, you can transpose that to saying the flesh. Everybody realize this. Say, I am a spirit, am a spirit. that has a soul but I live in a physical body. We live in a body of flesh. So when you're born again, your spirit is what's being changed and transformed and born again. Your soulish realm is your mind, your thoughts, your reason, your emotions, and your will. Even when Jesus uh, had the fight in his soulish realm when he was going to the cross, he said, Lord, is there any other way that, that, that your plan of redemption could happen other than the cross when he was sweating great drops of blood? And he said, no, there's no other way. And Jesus was like, all right, not my will, but your will be done. Because if you think, and he did that three times, but if you think Jesus, Jesus did willingly lay down his life. In fact, uh, it, when Abraham offered Isaac, when the ram was caught in the, in the thicket, well, Jesus, that ram or that lamb, he allowed himself to be caught. Are you all with me? He allowed himself to be caught. He chose to die for you. He chose that. But yet there was a battle in his flesh to carry that out. Do, do any of you ever have times in your life where you know God is telling you his will, his purpose, and his way? If you have, say amen. Do, do you ever struggle with it? Do you ever wrestle with it? Do you ever fight with it, with, with reason and, and in your emotions? And I mean, when you're ticked off at somebody that's done you wrong and walked on you and threw you out like a piece of trash and God's telling you to love them, how many know that's not going to go with your thoughts or your will or your emotions? Are y'all with me today? Say amen. So, so, there ha- so when you see that word Amalekites, always remember that that means the flesh. Everybody say the flesh the flesh. In fact, uh, when Moses was coming out of Egypt, when Moses was coming out of Egypt, uh, uh, some of the people that couldn't travel as fast and some of the people that were weak and stuff, they kind of lagged behind and got separated from the major portion of the children of Israel as they were walking through the wilderness. But these Amalekites attacked these people when they were isolated. How many know that when you're going through a situation, a tough situation, that the first thing the Lord, that the devil tries to do is he isolates you to get you out of church. He isolates you to get you out of church. He isolates you to tell you to, that, that where, where you get away from the, the proper friends and the people that you ought to be talking to. He isolates you to where you and your wife kind of go your, 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 your own ways and we, we, you, nothing's being resolved, but it gets to a place of isolation and then he just attacks the fire out of you, just attacks you because he's got you in isolation. But whenever you see Amalekites, Um, um, always know that that is the flesh attacking what God wants to do in the spirit. So we see here that these Amalekites 
had invaded the south and they had smitten Ziglag and they burned it with fire and they took the women at captives that were therein. They slew not any of them. They didn't kill any of them, neither great or small, but they carried all these women and they carried all these young men and, and people that weren't with David at the war. They carried all these people away. Verse three, it says, so David and his men came back to this city and behold, it was burned with fire. Their wives and their sons and their daughters, they were gone. They were taken captive. Then David and all the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. Have you ever came home and everything was ransacked? Have you ever went to work and everything was turned upside down? I I talked to somebody this week that went to their job on time 10 minutes early to do their shift and they pull in the parking lot and the place is shut down and the signs are gone and their employment's gone. I'd say that's getting ransacked. Has that ever happened to anybody? To where, where you come back to something and it's gone. You come back and there's something there, your wife's gone or your husband's gone or your business is gone or a relationship is gone. Somewhere you've been ransacked. That's all of us, brothers and sisters. But they were ransacked. And have you ever got to the, to, to the place? So Nate, David and his, and his men, they wept about this until they had no more power to weep. How many of you have ever just been so broken you didn't know what to do and you just wept about it? You wept till you couldn't cry anymore. How many of you have ever been so devastated or hurt? Seriously, how many of you wept till you just didn't have any more tears to cry? You didn't have this so deep pain that you just, you can't cry even about it anymore. You know, even with that, always remember when you're in one of those seasons when you're weeping till you have no more tears to weep, always remember first... I always remember Psalms 126 that says, they that sow in tears will reap with joy. They that sow in tears will reap with joy. Doubtless they shall come in bringing in the sheaves of the harvest. So even when you're weeping to where you have no power to reap, to weep anymore, rejoice that they that sow in tears will reap with joy. Rejoice in Revelations chapter 5 where it says that the prayers of the saints, it's in chapter Revelations 5 and Revelations 8 where it talks about the prayers of the saints or the tears of the saints are caught in bowls. It's called bowls and harps. And and the tears of the saints and the prayers of the saints ascend to heaven and they mix, they mix the prayers of the saints, your prayers, your tears go up to heaven and they mix with the praises of the cherubim and the angels in heaven that's saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And the Bible says that, that, that the angel of the Lord sees God give him the nod and he puts a censer in the fire of, of, of the altar of sacrifice and he takes that censer and he throws fire to the earth and it says there's a noise and there's a rattle and there's a breakthrough. Always know that when you pray, And you weep that the bowls of heaven are being filled. Sometimes I see those bowls getting a quarter full, then a half full. And and you don't see your situation changing maybe as of yet. But your prayers are being collected. And they're they're being put together with the praises of heaven. And God sends a fire, a breakthrough. My brothers and sisters, that's the same fire that separated the Egyptians from the children of Egypt when they left left Egypt. That fire that was a wall between the children of Israel going to the Red Sea and the Egyptians chasing them on the the chariots. The fire came from heaven. I'm telling you, it's the same fire that came from heaven when Elijah said, choose you this day whom you're going to serve. You're going to serve the gods of this world in Baal, or are you going to serve the Almighty God? You choose this day who you're going to serve. And let's build a temple, and let's see the God that answers with fire. And brothers and sisters, this world will cut themselves. This world will come up with rhymes and reasons and do everything they can to make some action happen. There is no action. There 
there is no action. There is no action. There is no forward movement when you're going the way of the world. But when Elijah lifted up the prayers to heaven, the fire from heaven came down and God answered with fire. When the prayers go up, the fire comes down. I'm telling you, on the day of Pentecost, they were in one accord and they were praying. And suddenly the Holy Ghost, I'm telling you, when the prayers go up, 10 days they they were praying in the upper room and the bowls were being filled. Then fire fell and tongues of fire set on every one of them. And they began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them that utterance. Weep until you have no power to weep. Then Dave, Dave and the people, they did that in verse 5. And David realized his wives were taken captive and named some kids there. David was greatly distressed. But the people spoke of stoning him. I mean, he went from king to villain. The people were grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But look at that verse 6. It says, but David encouraged himself in the Lord. Brothers and sisters, sometimes your small group leader isn't going to be there. Or sometimes your friend isn't going to be there. Sometimes you're, you're, you're needing to talk to somebody bad and you take your cell phone and you go through all the names and it's either the name don't fit right where you want to talk to them or you finally get to a name where you'd like to talk to this person because you need some help, you need a friend and you're going through your contact list and then you finally get to someone that you feel like you could talk to and they're not available. They're not available. Brothers and sisters, I'll just tell you, pastors definitely have to know how to encourage yourself in the Lord. You know, when I chose to be a pastor, well, I didn't choose. God called me. I've been in vocational ministry since 19 years old, full-time. Never worked secular job. I've always been full-time in vocational ministry. You know what? Imagine being 19 years old and you never, we didn't, we didn't have the podcast and all that stuff then. Imagine being 19 years old and you never hear a sermon preached again. You never have somebody sow into you again. And you preach every living thing you knew the first week or first month. And then you, brothers and sisters, we have to get to a place where we can encourage ourselves in the Lord. We have to get to a place where we can find that place. Sometimes, guys, I I want us to quit running to people and to places and to, 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 uh, uh, you you know, when somebody are down the most, they're like, well, I'll watch a movie. When when, when people are discouraged the most or they they want a, a release, they're like, well, I'll have a drink or I'll watch this movie or I'll... And I'm not putting down those things because I, I watch movies and, and, and I have friends that I talk to. But guys, let's don't take out going to God. Going to God. In fact, I think we should go to him first. Even before we go to doctors. Even before we go to ask opinions and help. Let's go to God for he is a present help in the time of trouble. He's a present help. So he encouraged himself in the Lord. Dave was greatly distressed. He encouraged himself in the Lord. David said to Abathar the priest, uh, look, let's go down to verse 8. And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop or shall I overtake them? Let me make sure I'm not skipping anything here. They wept till they had no power to weep. And then David encouraged himself in the Lord in verse 6. And then in verse 8, it says, David inquired the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them without fail. You're going to recover everything. You know, that's one of the few times, you know, sometimes God will tell you, it's time to quit praying. Get up off your bended knee and go do it. 
There's nothing left to do. We prayed enough about it. Like there's going to be a time where, when we're, we're going to take Chicago for the Lord. We're in prayer right now, but there's a time. I'm like, get up off your knees and let's put some, let's put some shoes on our prayers. Let's put some fists on our prayers. Let's get up and do something. Sometimes, uh, sometimes some of us are still on our knees when God's saying, get up and go do something. Get up and go and, and, and act out what I'm telling you to do. And so the Lord said to do that. So David went, took 600 men. He pursued. Uh, verse 10, he, he, he pursued him. Look at verse 11. And they found an, an Egyptian in the field, and they brought him and gave him bread, and he did eat. And they made him drink water. And they gave him a piece of cake and figs and two clusters of raisins. And when he had eaten, his spirit came again to him. For he had eaten no bread, and he hadn't drunk any water three days and three nights. And David said unto him, well, who are you? Who do you belong to? What are you doing out here? Where are you? Why are you here? And he said, oh, I'm a young man of Egypt. I'm a servant to the Amalekite. You all, did you all just see that? He said, I'm a servant to the Amalekite. Who took David's wives and children? Who, who took them? The Amalekites are the ones that ransacked the village. And now God, David prayed about it. Now he said, go get them. Go after them. Go get them. And they come up and they find this Amalekite laying on the road dead. Okay? Or almost dead. Because he, uh, we had made an invasion, an, an invasion on these guys, he said. And then verse 15, and David said to him, can you bring me to this company? He said, I will if you don't deliver me to them. And don't give them to me, I will. But if I can stay with you, you bet you I'll show you where these sorry, sorry people are. <laughs> they left me to die here. They left me to die here. Here's what God's saying in my heart today. Our churches are full of people that have gotten off balance in life where you pursued that worldly dream, where you went after that career, or you went after that business, or you went after it with all you had, and going after it, you lost relationship with your wife, you weren't there with your kids. Your church attendance was nil to none. The things of God and God first living were never put first. And now you've got this worldly dream and you, you work around the clock where your kids have to be introduced to who you are. And, and, and we do all that. Well, I'm telling you that our churches are full of men and women that have been left for dead chasing the worldly dream. Chasing the worldly dream to where they're left with a marriage, they're not in love with their spouse anymore. They don't know their kids. They, may, they have no peace or, or left for dead running after that. Then you've got people that, that um, then you've got people that, um, that maybe took some speed so they could be more of an athlete or something and speed led to this and this led to this and this led to this and this led to this to where now they're addicted to substance or you find people same thing with alcoholism or you find people, there's so many different kinds of addictions, like with, with, with depression. You know, um, and, and here's what's happening in the church world. If you, if you ask me to understand drug addiction, alcoholism, and pornography, I can't relate with you on those but one thing I can relate with people on is a nervous breakdown. I can relate with fear of man, fear of approval of man. 
performance, being gauged by how you perform. And it can drive you down to a place where you are so depressed and you are so distraught, you have no peace, you live in a constant fear to when you lay down your teeth chatter and you jerk at night and you get to where you have no confidence to do anything. Now, I can relate with that. But the, re- the reason I found my place there is because there's a pressure in organized religion that you got to, in fact, the other day somebody tried to put numbers on me and I threw it off because people tried to, to put their growth things and you go to meetings and you leave feeling worse than when you went and, 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 and you get all this pressure and all these expectations and it just drives you down further and further. You know what? That push and that drive, it left me on a road left for dead. We all get left for dead in some way or another. Mike, I want you to come up here, Mike Barreto. But here's what's bothered me about the church world, and I'm going to address this today, is when I was searching for help, all you have is people come up and say, well, you 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 got a fear of man, or you have a, uh, or you, you're bound with approval of man, and you have anxiousness or something, and you're like, yeah, but there's no help out there. There's no help out there. Everybody just said, can name it. You got this. Well, what do you do if you got something in the church world? What, what do you do if you got something? And I'm telling you that God is calling church on the rock. And I'm being called as a pastor to where I'm going to find the answers and we're going to start hitting these topics because I believe our churches are full of people that are bound. I bet if everybody would be honest today and we gave an altar call of people that live in some type of captivity or bondage, I don't know, I don't know if there would... There may be a few, because I, I always look at a Craig McCormick. To me, there's nothing wrong with him. I, I mean, I mean, he, his hair is always even perfect. His shirt's always tucked in. and I mean, I, I like, Lord, could there be anything wrong with Craig? And Tara's like, I can tell you a few, my guy. <laughs> but honestly, I even wondered, would, would Craig even need to come up and say I, sometimes I wonder when you see somebody like that but I think that our seats would need to be empty I feel like but um, somebody had that microphone Whoa. were you left for dead on anything Mike about three minutes I grew up in the church I was saved when I was six years old um, and I went to church probably four or five times a week growing up, and uh, church won't save you, um, but Jesus Christ will. I found myself uh, with a massive, massive pride problem. Um, I hated everybody in this room. Um, Pastor included. <clears throat> I think I told him that one time when I first came here. And I had my kids with me, and I'm ashamed of that. But um, Christ has given me freedom from that as well. Um, because there is no condemnation in Christ. Uh, I found myself addicted to, <laughs> name it, um, porn, um, I ran my own porn company, um, and uh, it's a massive, massive, massive problem. <clears throat> I was so prideful that I could not see the damage that I was doing. 
to little everybody in my life. And uh, I'm free from that. And uh, this, but you're. <laughs> Thank you. Um, sin is, and pride especially, is insidious. And uh, the consequences of your bullheadedness and your pride are absolute destruction in every aspect of your life. You can think you're serving Christ. I read the Bible every single day. I didn't listen to any secular music. I listened to all Christian music. I was doing all the right things and all the wrong spirit. Check yourself. Because pride does not let you see who you are. And only Jesus Christ can do that. So, before you destroy everything that you've built, that you think you've built, uh, check yourself. Check that pride. But I had... I had three people last week, male and female, um, so it's not even gender, just gender anymore, but pornography is something that I, I honestly can't understand that one, and I started setting up appointments and stuff to help people, but I feel like God is raising people up in our church that have been left for dead to where you can help people in specific areas, that it's not supposed to be me doing it. And um, those guys are meeting Thursday night. It's all men. And uh, you're meeting at the fireplace, the firehouse in West Dundee. And um, the first step, men, is you need to go to that meeting. Uh, This week... Uh, he is talking about pornography and how to get delivered from it. When you're a pastor and you sit and you watch people weep who you know love God with all their heart, but they are bound to, to, to pornography or depression or anxiety or fear to where you're paralyzed and you can't move into what God's called you to do, we got to have some answers at the church and what I'm coming here, here's what I'm coming into, here's what I'm coming into understanding of is I do believe in the altar call where you call people up and you say, if you have a bondage, we're going to pray for you and you can be delivered. I do believe in that. I, I do believe in that. I've experienced that. But I also have experienced this, that I go and have that done, but it's only temporary because those things come back because I haven't done anything. I haven't filled that with something or changed some behavior or some lifestyle or something. I I didn't make the needed changes, and it came back. And the Scripture even says that when you clean the house, when you get the house clean, if you don't fill that house up, then it's going to come back even worse. So you can find out that that deliverance that you thought really helped, you get down the road a little bit and you see yourself worse than you were to begin with. And then that puts doubt in your head thinking that, well, God really can't help you then. Because then the devil's sitting there telling me, you tried this and you did this and you tried this. How did that help? But here's what the problem is. To me, you've got to... There is a, 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 a deliverance. Here's the other thing. I believe that you have to renounce things and break its hold in your life. Another thing that I believe, the, the faith, the, the, the message of faith, the um, prosperity, like there is prosperity that we're supposed to have as Christians. And there is faith that we're to have that moves mountains. But what will happen is you see people go nuts with it to where you get into the name it, claim it, blab it, gab it, 
uh, where you just get into everybody just asking for stuff that's fleshly driven, almost like the two teams praying to God they're both going to win. Their requests are driven by fleshly ambition and stuff. But we're saying, well, we're faith people, and if we say it enough times, it'll happen. See, you hear that, but then you kind of veer away from that because you don't want to be in that company. But yet at the same time, you need to confess the word with your mouth. You need to speak into your mountain. So, so, so you have, I, I try to be balanced in that. And then you get into prosperity. I mean, you, you, you makes you not want to touch that subject because everything's an offering at church and all, you know, it all is about money and, and all that to where you don't want to touch that, but yet there's a good thing. Here's another one, spiritual warfare. There is so much cuckoo, cuckoo clock junk out there. There are so many cuckoo things in books and stuff you can Google. Where spiritual warfare, you're like, keep me away from that. These guys are, these guys are idiots. That's ridiculous. They, 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 to where you get to where you stay away from that topic because of a bunch of people that take it to an extreme. But Carmen and I are finding out that we are in a spiritual warfare. And I don't know any way to do anything but just to read God's word. And if it lines up with the word, then practice it. But I, I know that I've, I know, I believe, I know I've, re, I know I re, I've renounced things in my life. And I think that's important. I know I've been, had prayer of deliverance for things in my life. I believe in it. I believe those are two things. Another thing that I believe is that daily we have to put on the armor of God and that we do live in a spiritual battle. And, and, and I had this idea. Listen to me now. I believe in miracles and signs and wonders and healing. I believe in all that. I believe in all that. So I'm not the person that said I don't believe in that. But you can also be on the other extreme where you do this. I believe in that, and I did it one time, and that's all I needed to do it. Almost like being filled with the Holy Spirit. We have that one-time encounter where we had a move of the Spirit in our life, and we say, well, that does me the rest of my life. I'm good to go. Well, Paul taught, no, you need to continually be filled with the Spirit. And, and, and he talked several times in the book of Acts, and I won't want to get into that, but it goes into, we need to continually have that Holy Ghost moment to where you've got to keep doing that. You don't just put the armor on once. Uh, uh, you, you, you don't just, uh, I used to think this, well, God is light, and he's in me, and where I walk, the darkness flees. I believe that. I, I do believe that. But I think I got so hard in knowing that nothing can touch me where I realized stuff was touching me because I wasn't addressing it. I believe that, that, I, I believe that when you're having certain emotions, like if you're, I'll try to hit one that I told you I didn't really identify with, but Say you're having feelings of lust. You're having a feeling of lust. To me, I believe you got to stop and say, what are you thinking about? And if you realize what you're thinking about, you're thinking about a movie you saw, and then you rewind and say, well, maybe you shouldn't have watched that movie. I mean, if you're a drunk, would you go sit in a bar? If you, if you have a problem with lust, you got to get, your, you gotta get yourself of those things that are in front of you, get them out from being in front of you. If it's your computer, it needs to be, you need to talk to your wife about it. Or we've got people in the church that'll lock that computer down to where if you do anything, it'll make a buzz and you can't hide. You, you got to get to a place where you say, I don't want to hide anymore. I want to be delivered. It, it takes humility. But, but I believe that emotions, when you feel a certain emotion, you have to say, what are you thinking about? And to me, this is getting into the techniques. To me, I, I, I'm telling you, I believe in deliverance. I believe in renouncing. 
I believe in, in spiritual warfare, but I also believe in techniques. I'm learning that you need to, to I, I'm, I'm learning to do this kind of stuff. I get to a place where I'm shut down, nearly comatose, my jaws rattling, I'm jerking in my body, and I feel like I'm shut down and can't go. I got to that. When you get to that behavior, that reaction. But then when I, I'm learning to not let it get that far on stuff, to where the minute I start feeling a certain way, I'll start backtracking. And I'll say, I'm feeling this way. What am I thinking about? And then I can, I'm getting where I can pin in to what triggered it. Brothers and sisters, I believe on the laying on of hands. I believe on renouncing. I believe on realizing we're in a spiritual warfare and you need to, you need to do this. Spirits of anxiety, go. Spirits of fear, go. Spirits of intimidation, go. Spirits of lust, go. I got to a place with stuff to where I realized I was in a spiritual warfare. And I was trying to do it with carnal weapons. Brothers and sisters, it, it, to me, the people that want delivered, it's not one a one way that you're going to be delivered. To me, it's about seven things that you stick together and you walk in a deliverance. And we're going to get those things clear. I, even if, if I have to write the book, we're going to get things clear. Because I know that I'm experiencing a freedom that I've never experienced in 30 years. And to me, if you experience a freedom, you need to share it with people. And if it took me going through some stuff to be able to help some people, I'm glad to go through it because Jesus went through some stuff to help some people. Give the Lord a hand for that. That's a good one. Amen. So the warfare, but then you get into techniques where, where I can go back and I can say, this is what triggered me. Like Carmen and I, she's helping me with it. Something happened a couple days ago, and I was able to put my finger on it quicker. And I'd say, you know what the trigger was? It was that. And then how I knew it is because... Um, I don't get to the behavior reaction anymore because I'm growing past that. I don't have to go comatose before I figure something out anymore. <laughs> you all think it's funny. <laughs> but I get to the place, feelings are your best thing. Why am I feeling this way? And then when I got one I did a f several months back is something happened and my thoughts was this. This is going to be a catastrophe. Here we go again. Been doing this 30 years. I can tell you what's going to happen. And the Lord told me with that when you're prophesying your own future. Because you can, you've already said what you know is going to happen. Because it's always a bad story. You do 30 years. There's nothing going to happen in church that I haven't gone through. That email. That phone call. That the, the biggest one is we've been talking, or a group of us. I, I've been through that for 30 years. I know. Okay? But, but you, so you, 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 get in, you, you get into that, uh, the, the feeling I had is, I, here's the feeling I had. I was afraid. I felt hopeless. I realized I was panicking. I had a sadness I couldn't control. I had a discouragement about outlook. Then, here's a big one the devil gets in you. Then you start self-doubt. You doubt yourself. And then all this stuff makes you so tired and drained, <laughs> it gets weak. But then I say, I feel that, and then I say, why am I feeling that? 
Because my thoughts were, this is going to be a catastrophe. Here we go again. Great, now. Great. Now 12 more families are going to leave. You know what? You can do that with your business. Something bad happened? Oh, my gosh. Uh, Robert, say you sold some piece of equipment. Something happened. Oh, my gosh. This is going to be a catastrophe. This guy's going to tell the other six people that I sell stuff to how Robert's product isn't any good. And here we go. I'm going to lose 12 good clients. Tim, it's the same thing in signs now. It's a, it's a, the, the, I mean, don't look at a pastor like the church is any different than the lives that you're living in. But we all get to a place where our feelings get us scared, hopeless, panicked, sad, discouraged. You start doubting yourself and where you're going. You're drained and tired. Then you're like this, and then you back up, and you had this thought. It's going to be a catastrophe. Here we go again. Oh, great. Another 12 are going to go. Then you get to this. It's, it's, it's my fault. I've done this because I'm a stupid leader. I, I, I've done this. Look, I've done this. And, and then you get to, this is all my fault. And then you get into, I got to do something. I got to fix this. I, I, I got to fix this. I got to fix this quick. I, 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 and I used to find myself calling and going and where you go faster and faster and faster. You get more in self, more in self, more in self, more in self, more in trying to get. And all you're doing is driving yourself down. It's all you're doing. It's all you're doing. I got to fix this. I got to fix this. Really fixing it, you mess it up more usually. Then you get into, maybe I'm not the leader. Maybe somebody else could do it better. Your mind goes there. It's me. And then you get into, I've done this 30 years. I don't know if I want to do it anymore. I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Are you ever going to do any of that, Brian? No. I'm called of God. Rest assured. Your pastor ain't going anywhere. You're put up with me unless you vote me out, I guess. But um, I, I, what, what else? I'm like the disciple. Well, what else would I do? I'm called. Well, you guys are called into your businesses. You, you, everybody's life. I'm, I'm exposing myself because there's relating points that every single person should be able to re- relate with in this room. And, 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 and I, I like opening up if that can help somebody relate and get some help. But then you get down to what triggered it. But what I'm learning to do is you take your thoughts. And there is a biblical portion of this. That's why you say, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of the word. I renew my mind with the word of God. I, I, I get into the Philippians, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, pray. I preached on that a couple weeks ago. Maybe it was last week when I said, Jesus set me on a rock and said, are you worried about this? How many remember that? Uh, you you got to practice those things where Jesus can say to you every day, are you okay now? Is there anything else you need to talk to me about? And, and you, go, you go through that. Then you get into whatsoever things are true. Do you know that most of what goes through your head isn't even true? It's not even true. Most of the thoughts you're having aren't true. They're not true. They're not real. They're not going to happen. But you put yourself through it or you dream about it to where it emotionally destroys you as if it did happen. Okay, um, but but I here here's a big one: it, is you 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 get the feelings, and then you. Uh, to me, it's like people that really have success on losing weight. I know they say write down what you eat, and it'll shock you what you eat if you really wrote down everything you ate. Okay, because we are always like, I don't know, I'm so heavy, I don't eat anything. (laughs) 
and your wife, my wife's like, you don't eat anything. <laughs> Are you crazy? And tells me everything I ate that day. All right? I, th- this exercise is good when I, I, I I'm not going to live, I'm not going to live in torment and torture anymore. Whom the son sets free is free indeed. I want to live in freedom. And I think that the church wants to live in freedom. And many of you are not living in freedom. But what you do is when you get, you do the feelings and then you write down your thoughts, what you're thinking about, and then you reframe it. You reframe it. A little bit of the way I can reframe is everyone has an opinion and sometimes they all smell. Everybody has an armpit. They all stink. I mean, sometimes you got to tell yourself that. Sometimes when the devil's telling me I'm a loser, sometimes it helps me to see John Kerry say, loser, loser. And I laugh about it. What the enemy's throwing at me, I began to laugh in his face about it. How about, like, how about when Miss Piggy says, no, I don't want anybody to panic here. Nobody panic. How many remember Miss Piggy? Nobody panic here. Nobody panic here. You young people don't know who Miss Piggy is. But then, uh, and then something happens and Miss Piggy goes, now everybody panic. All right. It's, do you know a merry heart? The scripture says a merry heart doeth good like a merry medicine. You know, some of the things we're panicking about, maybe we need to see Miss Piggy saying, doing that and laugh about it. I'm learning that laughter is a huge medicine in things. Um, this is going to be a catastrophe. Reframe it. This is an opportunity. But I, I don't want to go through. I've already aired, air mail, air, aired enough for you guys today. But, you know, I don't care. Um, if it'll help somebody, if it'll help somebody. But bottom line, I, God, is doing, God is doing something amazing in this church. And um, do, do you know last week, somebody gave, gave me a, a dream, and dreams, to be honest with you, I get told dreams and visions so many times a week. Most of them go in the circular file. And if I listen to prophetic words, I mean, people go haywire with that stuff. But I I do listen to them. I do look at them. I do pray about them. But But I'm telling you what, somebody told me a dream last week that bore witness with me. It bore witness with me to where I had them go write it down. And send it to me, and I've been thinking about it all week. Then one day, I was calling some. I was calling somebody that God had put on my heart to call, to just encourage him. And it was a man. I was going to tell him, "Man, I see something. I see something in your life," and was going to talk to him about it. That something so positive and strong. And that I only had one phone number from the church, and. Um, it was his wife's number. And the wife said, hey, why I got you? Because they didn't have my number. They said, hey, why I got you? I had this dream. They told me this dream. It blew my mind of 30 years of being in this thing. You could have laid them on top of each other with the detail and the description and the word well, if that isn't good enough, a couple more days went by. Here came another one. You could have laid all three of these dreams. I can, I can print them out and lay them side by side, and you can see point one, two, three, four, five. And that's maybe why I'm taking this turn today and preaching this is because we're getting ready to see. We are... We are we, I'm not going to say getting ready. We are seeing because it's already happening. Right now, it may be a trickle or it may be just a little bit deep. It may just be like shoe high of water. 
I am not saying we're going to see. I'm saying we are seeing. It's already happening. It's already happening. And one of the visions, which I'm not going to let it out today, but it's already happening. What, what that dream was, it's already happening. It's already happening. It's already happening. We're in it, baby. We're in it. God's favor, God's touch, God's blessing. It gives me such a confidence. It gives me such a confidence. I am very, very confident today in the Lord. You know, one of the parts of the vision that was in all of them was pastor was in the bedroom sleeping and they had to knock on the door. And um, you know what that one is? All interpreted the same is it's not going to be by Pastor Brian's work and effort anymore. He's resting in the Lord. He's resting. I'm resting. I'm, I'm resting in the Lord, but we have entered into something that I, I am, I'm, I'm so excited. But here's what's going to happen is God has called us to inner healing ministries to where, to where um, people are, you're, you're going to, we're, we're already on, we're already on it. Again, this isn't something we're going to do. We're on it. Man, I didn't even think about that one. There's another one. You wouldn't believe this stuff is happening. But, but this church is going to build. There, there's ministries rising up in this in Church on the Rock. The men's thing on Thursday night. It's rising up. Mick and Jerry are going to have something that I know is powerful. That's rising up. I'm going to be rising something up. I, I'm feeling I'm supposed to get this stuff wrote down. We hope this message connected with you. To get more information about Church on the Rock, check out our website at www.cotrag.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Have a blessed day.